the things that happened to you as a child, you had no control over. But as an adult, it's your job to take control over those things, like to, to try to fix those things and try to mend those things, try to figure those things out. So, like, I've, I'm going to be honest, like, I have never reached my full potential of anything that I could have done because I've lived in a, I, I'll be honest, like, and nobody knows this about me. I ain't going to say nobody knows about me. I, I feel like people figure it out from time to time or whatever. But, like, it's just so much that people see in me that I don't see in myself. These kind of relationships that get disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to Welcome to another episode of Tone the Fork. I have with me father, son, writer, poet, eyewear extraordinaire. Let me look, I had to look again. Shade Tree Weatherman. Uh, <laughs> Life figure outer, Leon's brother. Mm. Every time I see you, I think of Leon, man. So, Jeff Johnson, welcome to Tone the Fork, Thank brother. You, Thank you, sir. I think that might be the longest uh, uh, monikers of names I've ever I've ever used, but mm. I, I I had a I had a lot to to uh, to put out there, man. Especially with the shade, shade tree weather, man. Yeah, man. How you feeling, brother? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Good. How about yourself? Good man, feeling real. I'm excited about the conversation. Yeah, we we've been talking mm -hmm. a lot via DMs, mm -hmm. um, and you've been sharing a lot, bro. And uh, I wanted to thank you for that, as I have in the DMs. I, I you know, when we put this information and these conversations out there. We don't know how it resonates with other people, so. For you to you know kind of tap in and be like hey here's what i'm seeing here's what is triggering within me and um here's what it's you know prompting me to think about differently and have conversations about i i, I really take that feedback um sincerely man and appreciate it it's important so um i gotta start with something first though okay this good morning, good morning, and the weatherman dude mm -hmm. that be on your uh, on your IG. Mm -hmm. Where'd that come from? I'm not a morning person. Okay, I'm not a morning person. So people think it's for everybody else. It's really for me. It's really just me getting getting into my day, like trying to put myself in a space. You know, like okay, I'm going to work or I'm going out here in these streets, so I'm going to do whatever it is I got to do. Let me get myself together. Let me hype. It's basically just hyping myself up. And I didn't know. Had no idea, no clue of, like, when I don't do it or when I, when I just, like, it's not even on my mind. Like, it's people that will hit me up and be like, man, what's going on? You ain't, you ain't, you know what I'm saying? You ain't, you ain't helped me out. You ain't got my day started, man. I, I ain't see you this morning. You know, like, I didn't realize it didn't meant anything to anybody other than myself. So whenever I'm in that space or whenever I just feel like, Whoever I don't speak to in my direct circle, yeah, or whatever. Like this is a chance for me to like, yo, I'm out here. I want you to know that I'm thinking about you. And maybe I haven't spoken to you, but you exist, 
I exist, and let's let's get it going. Is it is it important for you to let your circle know, man, that 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 that's how they how they impacting you and how you and how they're on your mind? Yes, very much so. Like just in general, I mean, like I'm a people person or whatever. And when I was just in the Uber, I was having a conversation with Mr. Lennon, and I was like, he was like, you seem like you a people person, man. Like you, like you enjoy conversation. I'm just like, it's just an opportunity for me to learn something about somebody. I might not never see you again, but I'm never gonna forget you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's important because, you know, things happening. And I think it really, really became super apparent to me um, last year, hopefully he doesn't, as I'm not upset when he's saying this, but when Leon had his stroke, I was just like, yo, like, we, we young dudes or whatever. I had another dude that I went to school with, um, probably like a year older than me, had a heart attack, passed away, never had any health issues or anything. So I'm just like, oh, and I have a homegirl named Tasha. She ended up having brain surgery out of nowhere. So I'm just like, it's important that like, you know, that we, you know, like the, the time that we're here, that we're letting these people know that we rock with, like I see you, I'm here for you. As much as you're there for me, because it's a, it's an interchangeable thing, you know. Like yeah. I, I need you as much as you need me. I think you said, um, God, what is this? I don't want to, I don't want to verbalize it incorrectly. Uh, I think you told life you was like, I, I give to you today what I'm gonna need tomorrow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I'm like, that's very much important because I'm like, today might be good, tomorrow might be bad. Today might be good for me. Today might be good for you. Tomorrow might be bad for you. And vice versa, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I'm just like, yo, you might need me to be on my up and up tomorrow. Yeah. Like, we both can't be down, you know? Like, so, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. then you got to find somebody yeah, else in the circle who, you, oh. add, you know, you got to add a third person. And hopefully they, <laughs> hopefully they good. <laughs> That's one of the things I like about what Dame Dad said. He said he want all his people to have paper, man. So yeah. if your circle rich, you yeah. ain't going to never be broke. That's no. just, and you could be rich and and love and encouragement and positivity. Mm -hmm. And you could, you, could, you could tap into those people for the same shit that, you know, as if it's currency. Cause it is. really it's a form of currency. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, one of the things in your, in your, in your, uh, in your videos that's dope mm -hmm. is the wordplay, man. Mm -hmm. You, you a poet and I didn't know it. Yeah. So you dropping them. Salutations to the nation. Mm -hmm. Where'd this word thing come in? How do you, how other, in what other ways are you using that? Uh, I mean, I try, like I really just got into it again. But, um, you know Jamil, like One Love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you, you know Rob Brown? Raquel Brown? Rob Brown? Yeah. Mm-mm. So yeah, so she, um, Oh, 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 Ra. Yeah. The, uh, she had uh, she had dreads for a long time. Yes. She did she cut her hair recently? I believe so. Shout out to the sister. I yeah. can't remember. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So she used to have. She used to. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what it is now. I don't even know what it is. The place has been so many different places, but um, she used to do an open mic on uh, 14th and U across the street from the Reeves Center, um, at this spot called Mangoes. Mm-hmm. And that was like probably the first place I did open mic. Like I've, no, sorry, that's it. That's a lie. 
the second place that I did open mic because I met her uh, at an open mic, which was my first open mic. Uh, Caribou Bookstore uh, used to be in PG Plaza, and they had mm -hmm. an open mic on Friday. And um, I had went one time, and she was there. She performed or whatever. She was like, oh, I host this spot. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, but super duper scared, super duper, like super duper nervous. Like my homie, a couple of my homies came up, so it was even like more pressure. I'd prefer to be by myself in that space or whatever. But like, it was good to have that support. And that's really, I mean, so I'm going on a tangent. Let me bring it back. So how I first started writing, she's Murray. Hopefully I'm not being disrespectful. There's a chick named Rolanda White. I was in the seventh grade. <laughs> in the seventh grade, okay, I wrote her this poem, um, in which I like took some lines from like. Uh, it's crazy because like she was, she was like so into Red Man, like okay. she had like this huge crush on Red Man or whatever. So I can't even remember what song I took some lyrics from or whatever. And I like wrote this poem and I like gave it to her or whatever and like. She was like, this is cool. Like, I still don't want to rock with you, but <laughs> this is cool. And we ended up like being like really, really good friends or whatever for like a long time. And she was probably like, she probably was like the inch, like, she probably really put me into music as well. Hmm. Because like, I literally, she was so into music. By the way, her older sister used to date Devontae from Jodeci. So I would like see this man, like he would pull up to her house wow. in a white Lamborghini or whatever. This had to be like 93, 90, 92, 93 or whatever. So I just realized that she was so much into music. So I would always try to learn more music. So I get, you know, I was like making her like mixtapes and you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So forth and so on. Cause I just, but like, day. yeah, she's probably like, she's probably like the reason that I started writing poetry. I didn't even know I could. Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she, was the muse that got me to that space. Now you're from DC, born yes, and raised. Yes, sir. And if you don't hear the brother's dialect, if you don't hear, then then <laughs> you don't know what DC sounds like. Up the street, <laughs> literally. Around the way. Around the way. Um, what was, let me take a step back. Okay. Why are you here on Tune the Fort? Why did you why did you think it'd be a good idea for you to come on? So here's the thing. I didn't think you were saying what you were saying originally. I was just like, I was having a conversation with Leon or whatever. Cause I was like, I didn't even know, I don't even know how I came across the podcast or whatever. It just, you know, the universe, God is good. Like All the it time. came across. And like last year was like a rough year for me. I think it was rough for a lot of people. Like these last couple of years, like the pandemic and everything, like people, you know, coming and going. Like it's just been a lot for everybody. So I try to like obtain as much information as I can or whatever. So it's crazy because me and my best friend Paul was having a conversation a minute ago. We were talking about relationships and stuff or whatever. And I was just like, yo, I was like, yo, no disrespect to anybody. But I was like, yo, these podcasts suck. <laughs> I was just like, I hear a lot of talking. I don't hear any resolutions. I don't hear anybody, like, pretty much, it was also a space of, 
pretty much the podcast was pretty much about three things. Music, relationships, and like sports for the most part. And mm. I'm like, a lot of people were talking, but nobody was saying anything. Like there was no, there was no heart in these podcasts to me. It was like a whole bunch of people screaming their ideas, their feelings or whatever. I feel like it was more subjective than objective a lot of the times. And I was just like, yo, telling my homeboy, I'm like, yo, we need to do a podcast. But I'm like, and we just kept talking about it and kept talking about it or whatever. And I'm like, he had a lot going on. I had a lot going on or whatever. And I'm like, when I saw this, I was like, yo, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm just like, you and life's, from my perspective, like, your relationship is very much that relationship with me and my best friend, Paul, or my relationship of me and Leon. It's like, yo, I literally, it's weird. Like, I've had girlfriends that be like, what you in a relationship with this nigga? Like, <laughs> you, talk, you talk to him more than you talk to me or whatever. And I'm just yeah. like, so first of all, like, both him and I, both of course, we like five days a year and five days apart. And like, we are very much similar, but very much not alike as well. Um, we are both very much in touch with like, the family aspect of everything. Like, I'm an only child. Mm. He has a twin sister, whatever. And that's how me and Leon are, like, great. Like, we have a huge group of friends, but both of us are, like, only children. Okay. And, like, when I was like, yo. I was like, yeah, you seen this? I was telling Leon, I was like, yeah, you seen this podcast? And he was, like, talking to me like I was dumb. Like, man, I've been watching. I didn't watch, like, man, 40, 50 episodes or whatever. And I'm like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, why you ain't tell me? And... I think the first one that I watched was uh, was like really, really, really like current. I think it was the one with you and uh, Terrell. Okay. And um, I watched that, and then I was at home, and I just went on. I, just, I binge watched, like went on down a rabbit hole, and I was like, yo. Then when I got to going back to like when it was just you and life talking, I was like, yo, these are really the conversations that me and my homies be mm-hmm. having, just trying to figure it out or whatever, the level of vulnerability that we can have with each other. Yep. And I'm like, it's sad, because I'm just like, I, you know, I see you out from time to time or whatever and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, we're usually just having a good time listening to music. You know, we might be able to talk, but not talking to the extent that we want to. Yeah. Because of the fact there's music going on. It's like trying to like talk at the movies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just like, okay, cool. So to get back to your original question, I was like, yo, when I was saying that, I was like, yo, I just want the fellas to get together. That's what I was really saying. Yeah. Like, I just want the fellas to get together. Because I'm like, we're all having the same conversation. Like, we're all, we're all dealing with the same things. Yep. It's different for all of us or whatever, of course. But I'm like, yo, like, this is dope. Like, I, like, and I can't say it enough, man. Like, I appreciate this so much, man. Like, I appreciate that you do this so much. Like, you're like, oh, I don't know how many people are listening, but we are listening. Mm. Like it's 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 very important, man. Because I, I'm like we getting so much unnecessary information, you know, on a day to day basis, and it's like okay, let's cut through the let's cut through that, like let's get to the meat and potatoes of like what's really going on. Why am I sad? Why am I bothered? Like you said, damn, I thought I was broken this whole time. It's nothing wrong with me. It's just it's really just life. It's really everyday <laughs> situations that you're just dealing with. Yeah, that everybody's dealing with. Just and, in different manners. And the only the only difference I think is how we 
is the kind of light that we, you know, shed on it. And I think mm -hmm. that's what was real cool about you sharing via the DMs because, you know, some of the stuff you would just never know. And just watching your videos, well, good morning, good morning. You know, even when you're doing that and you're saying that's for you, like this is for, like everybody mm -hmm. has their version mm -hmm. of self-care and, mm -hmm. and doing the things that they need to do to like just get to the next day or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, so, and the reason why I asked, you know, about like the motivation to come on is because the motivation that I had to invite you was just to take a moment, man, just to learn more about your story. Mm -hmm. You know, you got some parts of it, bro, that are heavy mm -hmm. that um, I haven't had a conversation with anyone about and connected with and understood, you know, how, you know, their life is impacted by that and how they still, you know, choose to move on and all of that. So, um, and to also share, give, give it an, oppor an opportunity to share with other people, like mm -hmm. what perseverance looks like, you know, what, what tomorrow, what the next day, you know, we, we all got this other side of mm -hmm. the hill that we're climbing. Mm -hmm. And even when we feel like we're not on the other side, somebody could look at that as at least a glimpse a glimmer of hope on mm -hmm. what it looks like for them personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I started off by saying you're a, you're, you're a father. How many kids do you have? Biologically, I have three. Okay. But I feel like I have five. So I say that because my daughter, she's 17. Um, she has an older sister. She'll be 22 this year. And literally, like, she's been in my life since she was two years old. We have we don't have the same relationship that we used to have or whatever, which I'll be honest, probably, like, saddens me sometimes or whatever because, to be to be honest, like, in my mind, like, she was, like, my first child All right. or whatever. Like, my first, like, real relationship with, with a child, like, okay, I got to protect this person, I got to talk to this person, I got to move a certain way, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be this guy anymore, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. because now it's somebody that you're responsible for and somebody who's watching like your every move. So, uh, yes, so yeah, she's 22 and then my, I have, two, I have a daughter and two sons. So I have a 17-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old. And then my sons, they have a younger brother who's 8. Um, realistically, that's my son, in my mind, or whatever. Uh, it's been the cause of issue, to be honest, for a lot of relationships that I've been in. Um, because of how certain people view certain things or whatever. But to be honest, as funny as it is, so he has a, he has sickle cell anemia or whatever. And he has like the worst version of it. The eight-year-old. Yeah. Okay. And literally it's funny because like literally him and my son are one year and one day apart. So my son, this nine, his birthday is May 21st. 
His birthday is May 22nd. And everybody always thinks they're twins. Everybody's like, oh, how are your twins doing? And I'm like, it's funny to me. But to be honest, my, if my sons watch this interview, they probably would be pissed off at me. But honestly, he treats me better than any of my kids. The eight-year-old. Yes. <laughs> like, that's my guy. I mean, I love them all the same. Like, it's no, there's no favoritism, even though my daughter would say she's my favorite. Right. Or whatever, because that's just what girls do to fathers. Um, but, yeah, like, he's, he's just, like, a very, like, in-tune person. Like, they're all, a, like, my nine-year-old, he's, like, so my 12-year-old, he's, like, too cool for school. Like, he, he just turned 12 at uh, the end of last, uh, the end of February. And he's like, yo, I don't, like, my nine-year-old, that's me. When I say that's, like, my nine-year-old and my daughter, when I say, like, I see the most of, of me in them, like, my daughter, she's very much into clothing or whatever. Like, she has her own style or whatever. But my 12-year-old, like, yo, what you think about this? Nah. Like, he ain't with it. Like, me and my nine-year-old, he'll, like, he'll pick out something, and he's just like, yeah, you will wear this. Like, you will wear this. So, I'm trying not to get myself in trouble. So, <laughs> we, were, we were out shopping, and my son says, he shows me this shirt, and he was like, yeah, my mother's friend has this ugly shirt. <laughs> whatever and I'm like looking at his shirt he was like you wouldn't wear it would you I said no he was like I know you wouldn't and it's just like you know it's just being around these kids and like just their perspective is just like hilarious because it's like you're like yo you're nine years old and I just think to like when I was nine years old was I thinking like this was I mm -hmm. just realizing we're in a different time and like they're exposed to so much more like I feel like I feel like when we were growing up like we were exposed to a lot but I'm just like, we were also protected in a different way. That's kind of hard to adjust to now because I'm like, you got social media. And I mean, you do have ways to keep your children away from this stuff, but it's like, yo, that's, that's me. Like my son, he's, I'm just trying to, like I'm really trying to, my nine year I'm really just trying to figure out what, what he wants to do. Cause like, he's like a dreamer. Like my, my 12 year old, he's, the, the average 12 year old black boy, he wants to play sports. He wants to, you know what I'm saying? He wants to get out in the mix and be involved with everything. I had all of them playing football at the same time, right? Oh, wow. So the eight and the nine year old, they were, they were playing flag and my son was playing tackle. And I would see my nine year old on the field and this man just wouldn't be there. Like, like. Where would he be? No, he's on the field, but he's like elsewhere. Oh, oh, like, oh, oh. Yeah, he's just like. And I asked him, I was just like, yo. Cause at first he didn't want to play at all. But then when the eight year old was like, he wanted to play, he was like, oh, okay, I'll play. And the crazy part is he's like super, both of them are like super stupid fast. And at first we were scared or whatever. Me and their mother were scared or whatever because like, like I said, he had sickle cell, the eight year old had sickle cell. So I didn't know what the situation would be like him playing that level of sport or whatever. Especially I knew that like after flag, he was going to end up probably playing tackle. And I'm like, you know, has uh, fragile bones and everything. So, and the doctor was like, no, nah, get him out there. Like, get him out mm. there. And like, him and my 12-year-old, like, they're, they want to play sports and whatever. But like, my nine-year-old, mm. he's like, yo, cuss some music on. Like, he like he loves to dance. He's like, cuss some music on or whatever. And um, 
We were over at my friend's house the other day. And she was just like, yo, he know this song? Like, and, and it's crazy to me because it's like, I try, I try to play as much music. Like, my daughter thinks I play the weirdest music ever. Like, she's just like, what is this? You know, and this has been forever. But, like, now it's to the point that now I catch her singing these songs. I'm like, oh, you like that now? Oh, you know, whatever. She's like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you and my mother, y'all have two totally different tastes of music or whatever. She was like, I like your music better. Like, don't tell her, but I like your music better. And I'm just like, just trying to give them a space to, like, just as we were talking before we started recording. Mm -hmm. like, so just give them the space to, like, you know, have opportunities and learn things that I probably didn't learn in the way that they're learning it because it's just a different time. But so you 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 dropping the old school? Oh they oh yeah. So my my twelve year old or whatever. I probably I pretty much started out with him. I would I just be like yo, grab a record, go over there, and for him it's like what record what covers the best cover like okay. you know what I'm saying he's like oh I like this cover and I'm like all right cool. This is how you put it on a record player. These are the grooves. This is the start of the song. This is the beginning. this is the end of the song. You know what I'm saying? Just having those conversations or whatever. Like, <laughs> even in the space of like teaching them time. Because my grandfather had bought them watches or whatever. So yeah, he can go 246. I'm like, okay. Now look at look at that one with the hands and tell me what time it is. Mm. Or whatever. You know, just things that you probably wouldn't even think that you're teaching these kids. Because it's just it's just your everyday narrative or whatever. Like my daughter knowing cursive because when she started, when she got to the third grade, that was the year that they stopped making kids learn how to write cursive. Okay. So I'm just like, it's just all these things that us growing up is like normal and to them, it's like crazy. Like we were at my aunt's house and she still got a rotary phone. And like my son is like, what is, what is this? Like, what, what, do, <laughs> what do you do? I was like, you. Yeah, um, stick eight. your finger with a number. Yeah, I was like, yeah, make it happen. He's like. Like this is how this is how y'all, you know what I'm saying? Because he's grow he's grown up in the found he's grown up in a space. Well, you know he was over my grandparents' house because my aunt lived with my grandparents and my aunt watched all everybody's kids. Like she's always watched everybody's kids. My great aunt, my grandmother's sister, and like one day he asked me, he was like, um, but like what type of phone is that that grandma be on? Because he's so used to saying cell phones, and my grandmother and them still have a landline. Yeah, yeah. He's just like what is, what is like, what is it for? You can't take this phone outside? I'm like, no, this is, unless you got a long cord, which we used to have to do and go mm -hmm. from room to room. Mm -hmm. This is, no, nah, this is it, you know? So I'm like, it's things that, I think that that's like something that we must continue or whatever, because I'm just like, these children really don't experience the things that we've experienced. And we didn't experience the things that our parents experienced, right. you know? So just trying to keep that alive. So five kids is a lot of kids, bro. Yeah. How does that impact your dating situations when, when you tell women you got I'm five kids? I'm gonna be kids? honest, I don't, I don't date women that don't have children. It doesn't work. I'm just being honest, I can't speak for anybody else. It might work for other people, but I'm like, uh, I've probably been in, I've only been in, it's probably the longest relationship I've ever been in, which I'm no longer in. What, the one, like one now? Or the one you were in? The one that I was in. Um, I understood it or whatever. Like I had to let the relationship go because 
there were just things that she wanted that, like, there were things that she wanted I can't say that I didn't want. Um, but in the same space, like, again, speaking for myself, not speaking for anyone else, um, people like being the first. Like, and it was conversations of, uh, conversations of the one person that I dated didn't have any gigs. It was conversations of, oh, well, if we have children, um, it's not going to be special to you. It's not going to mean anything to you. And I was like, that's crazy because I'm like, literally every time I've had a child, it's a different destination. It's a different journey each time. Like, I can't, I can't parent any of these kids the same way or whatever. And I've even had my, I've even had my sons ask me, why do you, why do you do that with him and you do this with me? I'm like, is this the way I have to interact with you? This is the only way I have to interact with your sister. The way that you I'm like, literally, you got to think about everybody that you interact with, with. I'm like, it's different for each individual person. Like, you, you, you got a younger brother, right? Like, the way that your mom interacts with him versus you, completely different. Yeah. And sometimes it'll piss us off. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be like, well, why do they get this and why do I get that? Because I'm just like, that's the only way that it works. And it's kind of really hard to explain that to them or whatever, or to give them an understanding of that. But I'm like, it's literally the only way it works. Like, if I do it any other way, if I try to parent you like I parent him, <laughs> you're just going to walk all over me. Like, I can be this lenient with him. I can't be that lenient with you. So let me make sure I understand. The mm -hmm. woman you've been dating mm -hmm. was the old, was the longest relationship, and she did not have kids. No. How long were you dating her? On and off. We, it was a whole lot of on and off. Okay. It was like on and off for like six years. Six years. Okay. Six years or whatever. So. So she wanted kids. She did. And I didn't have, I didn't have any problem with that. But like to her, like our relationship did not work in the grand scheme of things because uh, one, there was this disconnect between me, her, and my kids. It's like I was always trying to involve her in what I was doing with my kids and like. It was like a almost like the those not my kids type of situation. But I'm like, I'm your man and this is who this is what I come with. So I'm like every relationship that I've had either previous to that or post that, it's been people that have children or whatever. Like, it's like it's like, oh, let's go to Africa Tuesday. I'm like, I got my kids this weekend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I can't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, again, everybody pretty much everybody selfishly or unselfishly, pretty much wants to be like number one in your life. Like everybody. Like they might not say it, but they want to have a level of importance. A level of importance to you that's just, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? This, this just for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to have a relationship with you. You just want, like I've had, I've had friends be like, no, that ain't your best friend. Like I, I'm your best friend. You know what Exclusive. I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, y'all cool, but that ain't this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, certain people have uh, an idea whether wrong or right. It's just what's going on in their mind. So, so you normally date women with kids, and she was the first woman you dated without kids. Yes. What made you want to try that? It just happened. It wasn't, okay. Oh, okay. It wasn't okay. like I was like, I'm going to date somebody that ain't got no kids. It's just like, 
We but you were other. conscious before, though. So you. So I, I, the reason why I said reason I mean, why no, I put, I'm not going to say I'm conscious. It just happened. This is like pretty much every person that I, every woman that I met. Oh, so you weren't deliberately like avoiding me, women with nah. no kids. Mm. It just never landed. It like just that. never landed. Oh, like, okay. Like I my got daughter's it. mother. I got it. Like before. Well, before my daughter's mother, I wasn't a parent. Right you know right. what I'm saying? So I'm just like, yes, I was dating women that didn't have any kids. But I'm like, once. No, I, I'm sorry. I did have another relationship after that. Um, that the person didn't have any kids. And she was cool. Um. But unfortunately, like she had some mental issues or whatever, and it just didn't work out. She was going through a lot of stuff and um, just really wasn't taking care of that part of herself. And I just really felt like, not even just me, like whoever, like she needed to get in control of whatever that was before she was in a relationship period. And um, she's cool now, she's married. She moved to Africa, her and her husband moved to Africa, or whatever, wow. she got two beautiful daughters or whatever, like, a beautiful situation um but like yeah like after after that relationship i was just like yeah i'm like it's just, there's just the expectation and it's like i could do whatever i want like when you're single or or, or you don't have any responsibilities other than yourself it was like yeah i'm i, I want to go to florida next week i, I want to go do whatever it is i want to do oh you know and nobody like because when it's uh combined partnership, a husband, a wife, or a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or whatever, like when you're in a relationship and you have a child or children, it's just easy because you both take on these responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So you're like, well, honey, I want to go to what you call it. And you're like, well, we can't. And they know you can't because that's their responsibility as well. Yeah. So when it's not, it's just like, I don't want to hear that. Do, like, you have any, do you have any concerns about potentially Finding somebody with you, you, you don't, no. don't okay. No. Uh, I've been talking to somebody. You know, like um, it's been going, it's been going nice. Well. It's been going well. She got kids though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she does. She does. Um. So just you know, figuring that out or whatever. But I'm like literally ever since that relationship, I have not dated anyone. The only, the only horrific thing about that is, is if it doesn't work, I'm a, a very attached person. And for whatever reason, kids get attached to me. Like, I don't know, it's because, um, like, unfortunately, like I've been in relationships with women whose children's fathers didn't exist mm. or whatever, or weren't super duper present in those kids' life. So, like, me and their relationships were cool, but it's also like, hey, you still like my daddy, you know what I'm saying, situation, but you see, like, you see, like, what you bring in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you're like, oh, okay, you needed this, or you need that, or whatever, and, like, I don't care what anybody says. This is probably gonna be a controversial statement, or somebody's gonna be upset with me, or whatever, but, both parents exist because both parents need to exist. Like, people don't like hearing that, and I understand it. A lot of us have been ra raised by single moms, single fathers, you know, grandparents, you know, the community. But I'm just like, that It Takes a Village thing is real. Yeah. Like, you need help. Like, it's a necessity. 
Are you a relationship dude? You prefer relationships? I used to be a hoe. Okay. I used to be a hoe. So I had to like get my, like I had to get myself together or whatever. And like, so the crazy part is when I was young, I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be a husband. Like, like it was probably on the top of my list before my career, before anything. Like, mm. I grew up in a household with my grandparents, my mother's parents. Um, when my grandmother passed away in 2016, her and my grandfather had been married for, I wanna say, 58 years. And my, my father's parents, when my father's father died in 14, him and my grandmother had been married for 62 years. So I'm just like, I, I was around like, these long-standing relationships and trust and believe those were two totally different relationships or whatever like but i'm just like the love and the commitment and the understanding that was like involved in both of them like i was just like yo i don't know how this it wasn't like i want this but i want what that looks like for me yeah yeah your so version like, of it. yeah then i got to a point where i was like i had friends was getting married relationships was falling apart or whatever, and then it got to that space where it's like, oh, I'm an adult. Like, I'm really an adult. Like, I gotta get married, or whatever. And I had like, women friends that were like getting to an age where they're just like, oh, I don't have any choice at this point. Like, I gotta get married, or whatever. So I saw like a lot of relationships come together that never should have come together, mm -hmm. or whatever, because you just get into that space where you're just like, I gotta do this, and I gotta do that, because I'm an adult, and this is what adults do. And it, it uh, brought me back to, it, it kind of had me thinking when I was watching, uh, I don't want to say his name wrong, is uh, the last the last interview that you did. Was it? Billy. Billy Bunton. Yeah, yeah. Last night? And he was like pointing. And I'm just like, you know, just trying to figure it out. And I'm just like, we have words, but I'm like, what is the extent of it? Like, what, like, what are you saying? You're like, we're living in the space of, I'm at this place, so this is what I have to do now. Like, oh, I'm I'm 30. I'm 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 in my 20s. I'm figuring things out. Oh, I'm 30. Oh, now it's time for me to settle down and you know do this because I'm just like these are the things that we've been taught. This is the tradition mm -hmm. of what we've come from. Yeah. Or whatever. And it just it just comes to a space of I was uh having a conversation Friday, and I was like it was, I think it was also something else that you said. I don't know if you said it first or I said it first. I don't know if I heard it from you first or I said it first. But when you said it, I was like, yo, that's dope. You were like, um, it's not so much about learning, it's also about unlearning. And I'm like, that speaks volumes. Because I'm just like, it's so much stuff that we were taught that we gotta get rid of. Gotta get rid of. Gotta get rid of. Like it's it causes generational curses. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. actually when I was in the when the Uber in the Uber with Mr. Leonard. I was just like, yo, we like, our children are just a reflection of us. We're a reflection of our parents and we take, the, we decide what we're gonna take from it and yep. whatever, it's like playing 2K and <laughs> building, your, <laughs> building your player or whatever, like it's, it works how it works. So it's like, I've had to like uh, unlearn a lot of things or whatever because unknowingly, um, what am I trying to say, unknowingly, we don't even realize that, like, okay, say you have a parent that's a drug addict, right? 
you have a habit too. It might not be drugs, but I'm like, you you have something that's inherent of those people or whatever, or that person. So it's like my mother, right? She's gonna kill me. Like, she's a borderline hoarder. Like, she's like, the cusp is like right there. Okay. Like she doesn't like to get rid of anything. And I was just like, I asked myself like literally last week, I was like, do I collect vinyl or do I hoard vinyl? Like, I mean, I collect, I, I love music. I want to continue to buy albums or whatever, but I'm just like, I get this from my mother. Like, and she got it from her mother. Like now mm-hmm. that I think about it, like my grandmother, <laughs> we used to call my, like I live with my grandparents. We used to call my grandparents' basement, like the thrift store. Wow. Because my grandmother would get a new coffee table and instead of getting rid of that coffee table that was there, it'll just be in the basement. Like, it's a back room. And I'm like, she's like, no, we, we'll use it at some other time. And I'm just like, a lot of things are just hard for us to get rid of. So I'm just like, I realized that it might not look exactly the same. The framework, the framework might be a little bit different, but we just inherently take on these things. They just might be different. So let me ask you, you mentioned, you mentioned your mother's parents and your father's parents. Mm-hmm. You didn't grow up with your parents? No. Yes or no? Um, they, they existed. They were around or whatever. Um, but literally, like literally, yeah, literally my whole life until I was maybe. Maybe since I was like 19. Mm, yeah, probably I was 19. Like I live, well, no, I'm sorry, till I was 17, I live with my grandparents. Um, my father, unfortunately, had a drug issue. He was kind of like in and out of jail a lot. Um, my mother was like literally going above and beyond to try to help him with his drug problem, whatever. And I guess. Being that they were married, she just didn't want me around it, or whatever. Like she was trying to like save me from seeing it or whatever. So yeah, I went. I lived with my grandparents. I lived with my mother's parents. Um, when did you When did you live with When did you move to live with them? What to, with your with your grandparents? We all lived. We, oh, we, we all lived with my grand my mother's parents, and then my mother and my father moved out. They got an apartment. And you um, stay with the I, grandparents. Yeah. So I started, I was already, I was already going to school. And like my mother was just like, oh, it's just easier. Like she she had planned on me moving with them or whatever, but it was just like easier for her and my father, like at the time to like, um, you know, my grandfather was not he was still working or whatever, but it was just easier. Like I said, my grandmother's sister, she pretty much watched us all, so she would take us to school. Uh, like, um, so my mother, so my mother's father, his cousin or whatever, who's the same age as my mother, she has two daughters or whatever. They're like my sisters. And I have another cousin. Um, so my mother's, I'm sorry, I'm just putting a lot together. But my mother's oldest sister was my godmother. Her ex-husband's family lived across the street. Like, literally, they all grew up together. Okay. So, like, my cousin Damon or whatever, like, we all went to elementary school. And my 
my aunt watched all of us. So it was just it was just an easier situation for us to like galvanize all of us together and take us to school. And then um, I would go to my parents' house on the weekend. And uh, my mother, I mean, but my mother would like literally get off work and come to the house, you know, and make sure I did all my homework and so forth and so on and make sure I was doing everything. I think, I mean, like she was very present in my life. It wasn't like she was invisible, but I just, so I think by the time that she kind of wanted to like move me away from living with my grandparents, that's when my father started doing drugs. And I guess she was just trying to figure it out like figure out, okay, how, how do I do this? And this is probably not the, the best environment for him to be in or for him to see. I don't, want his, I don't want him to see his father like this or whatever. And like, literally, the only reason that I found out that my father was on drugs is because somebody in my classroom told me. Because I got in trouble, father came up to the school and there's two dudes in my classroom or whatever. Both of their mothers were on drugs. And they was like, hey, your father's high like my mother be high. And I'm like, I, I, I couldn't, I'm like, mm. what does that mean? And my best friend, so I have, two, I have two male best friends or whatever. So my best friend, George, that I grew up with or whatever, his brother's actually Leon's best friend or whatever. Um, their father um, did with a dabble with drugs too. And George is basically like, yeah. Like, he was like, he's talking about it like your, your father's on drugs. And I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? what? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know. So I ended up just staying with my grandparents. And it just like, it just, it was just a continuum. And the only reason, literally the only reason that I moved with my mother was literally my 12th grade year because I was on some BS doing stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing, and I got kicked out of my high school. Okay. So I was trying to go to, trying to go to another high school that wasn't too far, and they just wouldn't accept me. And my mother was living in Maryland, so literally my, my 12th grade year was the first year that I ever lived with my mother. And your dad was at the crib too? No, they had, they had divorced by then. Okay. So they got divorced when I was 14. Yeah. What was your relationship with your pops like around that time when you moved back in with your moms? Uh, like I said, he was, he was in and out of jail a lot. So it was just like, he was living with his parents or whatever. Like when him and, when him and my mother divorced, I think he had went to jail a little bit before that. And like, it was crazy. Like, I, I even, like even at this point in this time, like of my father's been deceased since what, 1998, so like 20 plus years. Even at this point in time, like I knew that like, even at this point in time right now, I know that my mother was like never really over that relationship. Like- Even now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, will a song will come on the radio We'll be in the car, a song will come on the radio, or we'll like pass their old apartment and she's like down bad, like even at this point now, or whatever. And I just, I just, I just feel like it was probably a situation in which she just couldn't take it anymore. You know? mm -hmm. Like either 
you gonna kill me or this gonna kill me or you know the situation or whatever. And I remember when my father came home from jail, prison or whatever you want to call it. Um, like we would go out or whatever, and again, this is probably gonna piss off some people. So, excuse me if I get emotional. Um, because I've, I want to say it's a few people that know this story. Um, I don't know if I, I'm not quite sure if I uh, ever told my mother this story. But me and my father had went to go to the movies. Uh, we used to go, uh, like right on the DC Maryland line, uh, it used to be a dollar movie mm. um, off of, I want to say Flower Avenue. And we, you know, we used to go to dollar movie or whatever. And we left, I want to say I had to be, I don't know, to be honest with you, like those years are a blur. I want to say I might have been 11 or 12, maybe. And I can't remember what we went to go see. Not that it matters. Okay, so we leave the movie theater and we leave the movie theater and my father's like, yo, I gotta stop past my homeboy's house, which I didn't realize meant I'm about to go do some drugs. Mm. And I haven't said this to you either. Uh, we go to this, you know, I'm just like, I know my, my dad's friends or whatever, or whatever, you know, who's, whoever's been around or whatever. And like my father kind of kept me away from whatever he pretty much had going on. So I was just like, if <laughs> you and your pops or you and your mom pull up somewhere and they like, I'm about to go see my friend, they're not about to leave you in the car. Like, you yeah. know, uncle so-and-so or, you know, I'm sister so-and-so or whatever or whoever. Like, you go in the house. My pops was like, stay in the car. So I'm just like, this is, this is weird. And this is like the early 90s, like prime drug town yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, this man really like leaving me in his car. Like, it's like the killers and the drug dealers on the corner. I'm just like, people walking, like, this is like prime crack time. So it's like fiends and stuff walking by, whatever. And... Like time is just like moving. Like it then went from like light to dark outside. So damn. So I'm in the car, and like at this point, I gotta use the bathroom or whatever. I'm just like, damn. Like I don't, I don't know what to do. Like I don't. Like, I'm not about to pee on myself, but I'm like, I know what to do. So I get out the car, even though I was told, because you know they tell you, don't, don't get out the car. I get out the car, and I lose it because I almost lock myself out the car or mm. whatever, because uh, the one thing that was super duper important to me and my father, our relationship, which is super important to me at this point, uh, it's music, like that was our thing, whatever. So I'm like, well, at least he loves me enough to like leave these keys in the car so I can listen to some music. 
All right. So I'm like about to lock the keys in the car. I like almost slam my hand in the door or whatever, trying to like make sure the door doesn't close. Get the keys out, run into this alley, use the bathroom. It's like two crackheads start fighting and I'm just like, now it's dark and they're just like, what you doing in the alley? You know what I'm saying? So I'm running, running to get back in the car. So to be honest, I have no idea what time it is. I know we leave the movie at probably like five o'clock. This is during the summer. Um, yeah, so at this point I'm like starving or whatever. I'm like, damn, hungry or whatever. Like it's been hours since I had an eight. Where is this man at? But I'm like, I don't even necessarily know like what building he went into. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not getting out of this car. Right. So it's moving forward. This dude kills this dude in front of me. This dude pulls up. I remember it like it was yesterday. So when everybody was driving like the box Jettas mm. or whatever. They were like, hey, Jetta in, or people put their name like in the gold letters on the bottom or whatever. On the side. On the side, yeah. With like the BBS rims and everything. Mm-hmm. And this dude pulls up. Him and this dude get to arguing. He acts like he's getting back in the car. He shoots this dude in the head. Like, this is me in the car. So, like, I'm, like, literally, like, I'm just, like, oh, sh-. Like, I lay down in the car over there because I'm, like, I think my father's car had tent, but it was, like, light. So I'm just, like, hoping nobody, like, sees me. So... I'm like literally looking out the car. This dude is like on the ground, just like leaking. Like everybody just like ran away. And he's probably like from, he's probably like from where me to you are or whatever. But like he's like on the other side of the street, laying on the ground. So I'm just like, oh my God, yo, like I'm freaking out. Um, but I'm like, I can't make any noise. I can't, you know, whatever. So literally, my father doesn't come outside because it's a whole goddamn crime scene investigation going outside. So I'm literally outside for hours upon hours. This is a time when there were no cell phones. So my mother just probably thinks I'm with my dad. We're probably out having a great time or whatever. And I'm just like hours upon hours of like past or whatever. And I'm just like the whole, I'm like, you know, like a crime scene investigation could be forever. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm literally just sitting in the car. Like, oh my God, like how long are these people gonna be out there? The police then came, the ambulance then came. Now the detectives out there, they doing a crime scene, now the coroners came. So I'm just like, literally just sitting in the car, like freaking out. But I'm like, I can't get out the car. Cause then they're gonna be like, did you see what happened? Were you in this car this whole time? And I'm like, just trying to figure out. So hours upon hours go by. Not, gotta use the bathroom again. And literally, my father gets in the car like nothing, like finally, like they leave. I, I can't even tell you how long, like police and stuff was still out there. But like they didn't see me in the car. Mm. So he gets in the car and he's like, I can tell like he's high out of his mind. And he's just like, yeah, my bad. <laughs> and like we just drive off. I go home, like, my mother's like, oh, you know, like, what are you guys doing? I was like, oh, we just had a good time. Like, I was just like, yeah, I didn't want to get my father in any trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, I just, I recently, I think I did tell my mother. I think I probably told her like 
maybe like 10, maybe like 10 years ago mm. that that happened or whatever. But what happened is I was hiding it so much that I started having panic attacks. Like, so I was living with my grandparents and like my grandparents were just trying to figure out like, yo, like what's going on? Is something happening at school? Is somebody bullying you? What's going on? Cause like, and I, I couldn't, like, I, I didn't really have an understanding of that's what was triggering it. Yeah. I'm just like, why am I freaking out? Then I would like have nightmares about it and you know what I'm saying? So it was Did just, you associate you know, that with like your dad? Like were those two synonymous with two, each other? Yeah. To a certain extent. For a long time, yes. Or whatever, like and like like literally like right after that, it was like never really an opportunity for me and him to ever have a conversation about it because like literally right after that he went to jail. And then like when I would go to see him in prison or whatever, like my mother would be right there. So I'm just like, I couldn't really be like, yo, this is like really bothering me. Like I don't, you know, I don't know what to deal with. I don't know how to deal with this or whatever. And you know, coming from a black family, you get to a point where you're around certain things and you're just like, oh, there's this thing called therapy that I heard about. Maybe I need to go to therapy. But like your grandma and it was like, baby, you just need to pray. Yeah. You just need to pray about it or whatever. You need to figure it out. And I'm just like, I don't think that, like, I think God created, if this God that you say exists, I think he created these therapists for a reason. I think that they exist for a reason. And I think that's something that black people have to get out of the way of. Yeah. Like, these things exist for a reason. So. Now, dude, that's. I'm trying to process. Yeah, it's, the, it's a lot. The. You're a senior in high school mm -hmm. when you move back to your parent to your mom's crib. Yes. And you had this moment five, six years prior to that mm -hmm. with your dad. He goes to jail soon after. And mm -hmm. you're still processing all of that mm -hmm. to whatever the degree a, a teenager can, yeah. you know, with all the other stuff. Stuff. Mm -hmm. Associated with being a t with a teenager that you got to process, mm -hmm. you don't really feel like you can share with the adults in your life who sounds like mm -mm. be open to helping in some degree. Yes, but I guess in my naive mind, I was just like, okay, uh, I'm like. Is even 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 at this point or whatever, like as 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 hurtful and traumatic as it is to me, like even still at this point, uh, whatever, because that was literally the second time. So I didn't say it, I didn't say it, but that was literally the second time I saw somebody get killed. So I also was dealing with that as well in my mind. So I'm not gonna say I specifically saw the person get killed, but I saw the person like right after they got killed. It was a guy that my mother grew up with, really good guy or whatever. It's just in a bad space, living mm. in a bad space or whatever, but had completely turned his life around. So he lived around the corner from my grandparents, uh, was like one of the biggest drug dealers in our neighborhood. 
let that go, got away from that. <laughs> got a job working at UPS. Uh, and the saddest part about, well, I can't even say that's the saddest part. The saddest part was him leaving, leaving his life. But one of, the, one of the most things that bothered me about that situation was, is that this was like, a, I want to say it was like a Wednesday or Thursday. I want to say a Wednesday that he got killed. He was supposed to get married that Saturday. And it was just like a lot for me to ingest or whatever because I saw this man change his whole life around. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and for a long time that made me like look at God or whoever like, you gave this man the opportunity to change his whole life around. And it made me question like God and anything that made sense. Cause I'm just like, this man completely changed his life around and became exactly who we thought he should, who he should be and who he could be. Found the love of his life yeah. or whatever. And like the crazy part was is like uh, they weren't even trying to kill him. They were trying to kill his uncle. And his uh, his uncle, I guess whoever, I guess ever whoever called his uncle to come outside because like it was like a drive-by. So I guess somebody called his uncle, whoever he was dealing with, like selling drugs, because his uncle was still selling drugs. So I guess whoever he called when he was coming out the door, uh, he was Dwayne, that's his name. He was outside washing his car, whatever. Remember like yesterday he had a white uh, Datsun 300ZX or it might've been a 280. Like, it was like my favorite car for the longest time. But anyway, like he was, he would be outside, he would get off work, wash his car or whatever. Like it was like his prized possession. Mm-hmm. I guess like the one thing that he had left from the dope game or whatever. And he was just outside washing his car. And I just remember, you know, like getting to the, the way that me and my friends walked home, my, my mother and my grandmother used to be pissed about because there were like six or seven of us that would walk home with each other. And to be honest, me and my best friend Shorty, our house was actually the closest, but we would like walk all the way. We had a friend named Angel. She was the only girl in the group. We would like drop, we would like drop uh, Angel off at first. And then it was our homeboy Vincent. Then, so from like in a three block radius, it would be my friend Dion, me and Shorty. Like we lived the three adjacent blocks to each other. So by the time that me and Shorty got, Dion was on his porch by the time that me and Shorty had got to the top of my block. Yeah, the top of my block. This is when it all happened. Like, and it happened like in the blink of an eye. Mm. Like, so like just to see that, I think both of those like traumatized me. Like, so I was just like, I had already been through this one traumatic experience. And then I think that's probably like what really caused me to like have anxiety attacks and like freak out. Cause I'm like, starting to think to myself, like, I'm a young black man, and this is what happens to young black men. Whether, whether they're good or they're bad, this is what happens. How did the, the piece about your dad get added to that, all of that anxiety? And what, can you talk, I mean, yeah. to whatever, because yeah. what, what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. Are you cool, bro? Right, Renee? Yeah. Okay. Sure, huh? I'm, I'm, a, I'm an empath as well, man. I'm, I feel everything. Cause the, 
for you to spend as much time as you did at your grandmother's house mm -hmm. and then to eventually and to, and to experience the things that you did with your pops and then even with uh, David or Daniel, the guy who, uh, the friend, the drug dealer who got killed. Dwayne. Dwayne. Mm -hmm. um, was going back to your mom's crib, like, what, did that mean something to you more than just like changing addresses? I, I'm asking to because be you, I was pissed. I love my mother. Like I adore my mother. Like, like she's one of the most amazing people that I know. Like we we have our issues, of course, because that's what mother that's what mother and children do. Yeah, or whatever. I'm the only child, so her expectation of me. There is nobody else to have an expectation for. Yeah, or whatever. So singular focus. Yeah. So. So you were pissed. I was pissed. I, I'm gonna be honest. Like, my grandparents are older people. Like, there's, there's, like, bear in mind, like my grandfather is a disciplinarian, or whatever. But I'm just like, to a certain extent, um, it was a gift and a curse, living with my grandparents, or whatever, because they probably gave me too much leniency or whatever, because they just knew what I was dealing with. And sometimes trying to give a child everything is too much Yeah. or whatever. We can take um, advantage of that. You take advantage of that. Yeah. And you know, like, you know, like your grandparents, they're like, oh, it's my baby, whatever. And I'm like, literally, my mother has two sisters. I'm literally one of two grandchildren. It was just, and I was, I was the only child and the only grandchild for 12 years. It was immensely spoiled, like, my grandma, like my grandmother and grandfather, used to like go tooth and nail with each other, because once my aunt, my mother's youngest sister, had her son, or whatever, who I said I'm 12 years older than, they would like buy him Jordans and stuff. Now bear in mind, I'm like 13, 14 years old, so I'm wearing grown man Jordans. We're mm -hmm. talking about baby Jordans, and my grandmother, my grandmother would be like mad. I mean, my my I would be like, well, how he get Jordans? And you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it was just. Easy for me to finesse them to a certain extent. So, and I'm like, I had, and I had like a, a level of freedom that I knew I wasn't gonna have in my mom's house or whatever, which actually I kind of did because my mother worked two jobs. So like when she got off work, I would take, I would, she would come home. And actually my 12th grade year, I, I, I go like, I was just doing so bad in school that I had to go to night school for my 12th grade year. So I would like literally drop her off at, at work at her part-time job and then go to night school. Um, so I'm like, I did have a lot of leniency because she was always working, but I'm just like, it pissed me off because I'm just like, even though there was this, um, even though there was this ability to like have, and, and all my friends, like, I don't, yeah. I don't have no friends over here. I don't know. I don't. I didn't know anybody um, over there. I had a cousin that lives a few apartments down, but like she's a little bit older than me. Like you know, what I'm saying like she had a family. Like we're not kicking it. I'm like I done lost all my friends or whatever. So I, yeah. So like I was pissed. I was just like, and my grandfather has always been my safe haven. Like my mother's father. He was whatever. your. He was that male. Yes. He was my dad, to be honest. Like, 
yes, my father exists or whatever. But I'm like, who taught me how to shave? Who taught me how to tie a tie? Who told me what like pr protecting and providing looks like? You know, anything, even at this, like, I'll go, like, all right, so like last weekend, like when I get my kids, they're like, are we gonna go see Papa? They don't care, like. He's still alive? Yes. Mm -hmm. Shout out. He's my last, he's my last living grandparent. Um, What's his name? Charles. Charles Moore. Mr. Charles. Yes, sir. That's my guy. Yes, he will. I want to add something yeah. real quick. Go ahead. I want to make sure. This is kind of like what I get. Mm -hmm. I was completely unaware of the fact of how young my mother was when she had me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the um, responsibility, a lot of the burdens, a lot of the problem-solving skills that in my adult mind I mm -hmm. was assuming she should have had wasn't really. What's your age difference? She was 22. My mother's 18 years older than me. So, and, 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 and that's where I'm going mm -hmm. because in spite of when you're getting, when you're having children at these, at this young age, mm -hmm. you're doing the best that you can. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and as you were telling the story and I wanted to make sure that I'm, that I'm mindful and respectful of the mm -hmm. fact that even that the space leaves room for the fact that these are young, young people people mm -hmm. doing the best that they can and, and 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 the reliance on the grandparents isn't unique it's something mm -hmm. that happened across you know a lot of the a lot of the you know people i know yeah, so very much so you know doing doing the best that you can at 18 19 21 you know is you know salute to the moms mm -hmm. for persevering yes for figuring it out to the degree that they were able to because mm -hmm. You know, we're here as men, yes. you know, we still, yes. we doing well, we, we mm -hmm. getting better and all of that shit. So, Very I want, so. I, I, I'm glad you said that though, because I, I it, it, it escapes my mind from time to time, how young they were. She was 18, my father was 19, you know, so. That's huge, man. Yeah, very, like it's, it's like, uh, let me see, so. So, yeah, so like when my, when my, when I got to be the age of, like, and I don't even know if I've ever even really said this, but like, all I kept saying to myself, literally after my father passed away was like, I gotta at least make it to the age that he passed away at. So I was just like, me getting to that age was like so pivotal to me. I'm like, yo, I at least gotta make it to that. And then when I'll figure it out once I get past that. So I was just literally going year by year, like, okay, I'd have made it. I'd have made it again, or whatever. And when I actually got to his age, which was 35 when he passed away, like, I was freaked out. Like, oh my God, like, I, I made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I got room to do, you know, 
more and more and more or whatever. You had that in your head for that age, 35? Yeah. Because I just knew where my father was, like, mm. at that age, like, what he was dealing with and what, you know what I'm saying? Not to say that I've done leaps and bounds above what he's done or whatever, even at this age or whatever, but I was just like, at that point in time, I was just like, yo, I'm looking at my grandfather or whatever, and I'm just like, I really had to just get out of the space because I was losing a lot of friends. A lot of stuff was going on, and I was just like, yo, this, because at first I was just like, oh, I was looking at it from a perspective that like so many black men were dying, and the reason that my grandfather and them were the age that they were, because crack and all of these things didn't exist. Then I started, as I started to get older, I'm like, no, they had Heron. <laughs> Heron. and white people was killing black people, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just a different time. So I'm like, I had to get out of the space of thinking that they didn't have their troubles, you know what I'm saying? Like, each generation is gonna have their troubles. Like, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember my, my grandfather used to call rap suicide music. He's like, you already listen to that? Because he would take me to like jazz shows and stuff like that. And he's like, he listens to his suicide music. And then as he, as, as we got older, not just him, but myself as well, and I like really started to like let him hear, you know, the positive music, the, the, the P, the PE, the X Clan mm -hmm, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, it's just not about that or whatever. Right. Like now he lo he loves rap music, you know. So has your has your perspective of your pop ch changed as you as yeah. you've gotten older? Yeah, most most definitely or whatever. Like uh, I was, I mean, because of. Of course, you start out with resentment. You're just like, you know, I don't understand. I don't get it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm just like, when it comes to grief, like, when it comes to grief, my belief is that you never get over it. You just learn how to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, you know, like, it's, you have all these memories that live in your head, whether good or bad or whatever, that are with you until you're no longer here, or whatever. So it's like, yes, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I realized that, um, for one, not to downplay him, that for every Superman there's a kryptonite. You know what I'm saying? And like, that was something that I had to like internalize because I'm like, we all have our own personal demons or what it is that we deal with and how we deal with it or whatever. Like, there's something that will tear all of us apart or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just like how you were saying, we're drinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you do not, you know, one of my one of my favorite quotes is, uh, and again, I don't know if I made this up or not. I don't think I've heard it from anybody else. But if you don't address your traumas, your traumas will address you. And that's just really how I feel. So it's like just, you know, trying to live in a space of of every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, just taking the time to figure it out piece by piece of what you can fix, because you can't fix it all or whatever. And there are so many contributing factors outside of yourself that you have no control over. So, yes, I, I, like, I just realized that he didn't know how to, you know, he was younger than I assumed him to be. He was as smart <laughs> as he was. He, he was a lot less mature than I thought he was or whatever. And... There are things that probably happened to him that I have no idea about. No idea. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, 
these are things that we just don't know. Um, Did you ever, and you, and a part of the resentment, you mentioned resentment. Is mm-hmm. that that that's to how it went down? Is that the resentment uh, you're referring to? The how, yes, because. First of all, I just want to say this, and I hope whoever is listening, that they will realize that when it comes to everybody, I, I, I want to specify children, uh, but everybody, like, really be cognizant of, like, how you speak to people. Like, we, we continuously talk about words and, like, you know, the power of the tongue and, you know, what it brings to light or whatever. But, like, when my father, so my father committed suicide uh, two days after I graduated from high school, graduated on a Friday. That was the last time I saw my father. Uh, I want to say I graduated the 6th of June, and I believe he killed himself the 8th of June. This, this, no, I think I graduated the 5th, and he killed himself the 7th of June. Um, and I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, words, words, words. Careful words. how you speak to people. Yes. So when he passed away, when you asked me about the resentment question, uh, yes, I resented. I resented how he left because of the fact of my father was a super duper spiritual person or whatever. And not to get off topic, um, in him passing and a little bit before that, when I used to go visit him in jail, I I was thinking about I'm moving so far back, but that's probably another reason that I write. I found out while my father was in prison that he wrote poetry. I never knew. Like... All the years, even the years that he knew that I was writing, I never knew that he wrote poetry until um, I went, went to visit him and he was like, had this composition book. And I was like, oh, what's that? Like, I'm playing with him. I'm like, what you writing rhymes? You want here writing rhymes? And he's like, <laughs> nah, you know, I just be writing or you know, whatever. And I read a lot of it. And I actually uh, wish I knew where it was, but I actually wrote him a whole, it was probably, probably, so I did some of the best work that I have, have written. I wrote him a whole book of poetry and took it to him when he was in jail or whatever, just to let him know, like, oh, I'm doing what you're doing, just to, you know, keep him keep his spirits in a good space. Um, but anyway, uh, my father was very spiritual or whatever. Like, it's eerie for me to say this, but when my father killed himself, he did it in a way like the police, the coroner, like, my father was a very calculated person. Like, there was nothing to clean up. The way that my father killed himself, like, he left no, like, he was just that meticulous about things that, like, they was just like, this is probably the easiest, it's weird to say this, but I was like, this is probably the easiest crime scene that we've ever had to, like, deal with, because, like, he did it in a way that there was no mess. There was, like, my grandmother, so that's the sad part about it. Another sad part about it, my grandmother found him. Or whatever, he was living with my grandparents. They had went to, my grandparents were gamblers. They had went to the casino, they came back, and my grandmother came upstairs and found him. In, in their home. In their home. So, that was another thing that was, 
extremely traumatic for me or whatever. And like my family didn't understand. They just thought I didn't want to be around. But it was just hard for me to walk in the house. Like for the longest time, I could not walk in the house. And like, nobody could connect the dots on that, bro? I don't know. Like me and my father. So like that's the thing. Me and my father's side of the family have always had to connect slash disconnect or whatever. For whatever, for whatever different reasons that I won't even expound on or whatever because I don't want people, whatever. Like I've, I've had certain conversations and certain talks with some of them, so some of them know or whatever, but there was just like this disconnect. But and you mentioned the resentment thing real quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm I know sorry. You, Oh, the resentment thing was the fact that, thank you for getting me back there. The resentment thing was my father was a very spiritual person. I remember him telling me and my mother when Phyllis Hyman killed herself, he was like, yo, that's something that you don't come back from. And like, that's, um, like God doesn't forgive you for that. So I'm like, when it happened, I didn't, it was like, I almost couldn't believe it because I'm just like, what space or what level or what demons were you fighting? Like what was going on? There's something that you told me I should never even attempt to think about. It's something that you did. So like that was my resentment for a long time because I'm just like, like like I said, it took me a long time to like even fathom that it really happened because I'm just like he was so against it, like he was just so, and like, not to go off subject, but it's funny because literally, my son has no idea because he was you know by the time they were born he had been gone. The first album that my son ever picked out to listen to is my father's favorite album, which is the Phyllis Hyman album. Out of all of the damn- It freaked me, freaked me out, like out of all the albums that I have. And it wasn't like it was sticking out, it wasn't, I had never even listened to it myself. I mean, like I've heard the music or whatever, but I'm like, I had never listened to that record. I had never pulled that record out. And I was like, pick a record and Pours it out. Does he know how his grandfather passed? No, no. my daughter's probably the only one that knows. The 17 year old? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's probably the only one that knows. When did um, you, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Bro, this shit sounds heavy. Oh, it and is, man. It's extremely heavy. How did you take that? with you man afterwards all of that what, um, what did you carrying that around look like a lot a lie a lot a lot a okay. lot um i mean even today i mean like even at this point i know it still affects me like uh I, i'm like consistently uh trying to better myself or whatever like and in all honesty or whatever like I have never I'm not blaming him for this at all or whatever because I'm just like I look at life as a culmination of all these things that have happened whether good or bad and in that space because like uh I hear people say all the time that the things that happened to you as a child 
you had no control over. But as an adult, it's your job to take control over those things, like to, to try to fix those things and try to mend those things, try to figure those things out. So, like, I've, I'm going to be honest, like, I have never reached my full potential of anything that I could have done because I've lived in a, I, I'll be honest, like, and nobody knows this about me. I ain't going to say nobody knows about me. I, I feel like people figure it out from time to time or whatever. But, like, it's just so much that people see in me that I don't see in myself mm. or whatever. And it's like I'm trying to, like, pull that out of me or whatever. And I feel like I literally remember the day um, yeah, after my father's funeral or whatever, um, I, you know, like, you know, you're in the house with everybody or whatever, and, you know, everybody's grieving and mourning, and now it's kind of got to a point where now we're celebrating life and everybody's starting to talk, and you're kind of getting away from that space, at least temporarily. And I remember going out back on my grandfather's porch or whatever, standing at the top of the porch, and I was just like having this conversation with my dad. You know what I'm saying? To myself, I'm just like, I'm like, damn, bruh, like, I didn't see this. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that this is what we were coming to. I didn't even know that you were in this space or whatever. Because, you know, as, as cool as you think you are with your parents or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Just like when you was having a conversation with life, you were trying to figure out what was going on. But I'm like, a lot of times, they don't even know what's going on. So it's hard to, hard to tell you what's going on. I don't even know what's going on. Um, and I just really remember having this conversation with my, basically just outside, literally talking out loud to my father, you know, in his absence, but just like, bro, like, how did we get to this point? Like, how did, you know what I'm saying? What got you here? You know, is it, cause you also live in a space of what could I have done? You know what I'm saying? My mother, and I think that is the thing when I say my mother feels the way that she feels. Because literally, my, my mother, this is probably something that kills her or whatever, or just is really in, intense for her. I don't know if my father knew that day that he was going to kill himself at my graduation. Possibly. You know what I'm saying? He probably, he might have just been like, I'm going to go to this man's graduation and I'm out of here. I want to be here for that. Because I'm like, you know, we don't know. Or whatever. And like the thing that like hurt my mother so much after the fact, of course, hindsight is 2020, um, is that my father just wanted us to take a picture together. But she was so mad at my father. She was like, no. Mm. And that's all she kept saying. Like when he first, like when it, you know, first all oh, went into fruition and, you know, everything happened, she was like, Jeffrey, he just wanted a picture. Like he just, I couldn't even give him that. Like, and she was like, it wasn't, that day wasn't even about me. That day was about you. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, because you don't think, you don't live in that space of knowing that this is, you know what I'm saying? God forbid anything happened to you or not. I don't think this is the last conversation I'm going to have with you. I pray it's not. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just like, also, even if I don't pray it's not, I don't live in a space of thinking negatively, like, or mm. pessimistically, like, this is the last time I'm going to talk to James. God forbid. Um, and a lot of times, because we 
are so comfortable in these spaces, we don't even realize, we take it for granted. Take it's like, oh, I'm gonna see you tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen, but just in the space of where we, where we are, we're just like, I'm not gonna think negatively about it. So I think that was something that bothered her. And to get back to what I was saying, when I said about words, um, and I understand it's a different time now, and I understand that the way that we speak to people and the way we live, probably because we're just older, it's just different. But what happened is, is that all of these old black people that I love dearly, and my family, you know, great aunts, great uncles, just, you know, elder states, women and men in my family, like, you know, your father's gone to hell, right? Because oh, when you man. kill yourself, that's where you go. Or whatever. And I knew, and I'm like, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was just, you know, like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my life right now. I like, I literally just graduated high school two days ago, three days ago, a week ago. And that's why I say it's, you know, very important and very necessary to speak to children in a certain type of way. Just anybody, whoever you're, you know, who you're talking to, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying to sugarcoat anything or anything like that, but I'm like, just really think about how you speak to people. Like, yeah. like you don't know what people are going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, for every horrible thing that you've been through, somebody else has been through something, you know, when you had a, I think that was, no, I think that was really the episode that like, really, really brought me in was the episode you had with her. Is her name Christina? Mm. That episode was like, it was just so much. And I literally, I'm just keeping it honest with you, bro. Like uh, these people that you've had on here for the most part that I could get in touch with, I've got, got in touch with these people. Like that's what you're doing. I need you to understand that because these are people that exist and they have stories and they have things that they've been through that are so relevant and so prevalent in all of our lives. So I'm just like, it's, it's given a pathway. like. Her and I spoke through DMs or whatever. And, Thank you for doing that. You know, her and I have spoken through DMs. I told you me and Vicky have spoken or whatever. Um, like, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a necessary thing. How do you, um, <clears throat> it's hard mm -hmm. to, uh, to imagine your story, man, and to imagine, you know, how to even, how to conceive putting pieces together to move forward. Yeah. When you're the age that you are, mm -hmm. and then I'm imagining you doing that and then picking up pieces, i.e. children, mm -hmm. along the way mm -hmm. and having to be responsible for those pieces mm -hmm. and managing those and just adding and adding and mm -hmm. adding. And now that you have five pieces, mm -hmm. in addition to your own personal shit that mm -hmm. you have to manage. Mm -hmm. How do you, um, how do you feel you're doing with that? Horribly. 
I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, it's like a consistent, uh, a consistent movement towards being better. Like, there's no perfect parent. It doesn't exist. There's no perfect person. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, it's so much. You know, it's so much work to be done. Like, this is my daughter's last year of high school, which also brings me to a space of thinking about my dad. Like, you know what I'm saying? When my um, when my son graduated from elementary school to 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 middle to middle school, it's the first person I thought about. It's like you know, even you know when I when I when I became a father, you know what I'm saying? Like these are things that you you pray that you don't make the same mistakes or whatever. And unfortunately, like you're going to make mistakes. Like you can you can be as perfect as you think you can be. Like you're going to continue to make mistakes because. I don't care who writes a book. I don't care who makes a movie. I don't care what conversations you have with whoever. Like, it's nothing that you can prepare for. Like, you can do your best, but I'm like, it's an ever-changing thing because this person is growing and you're still growing. You're still learning yourself every day. We're in our 40s. You know what I'm saying? Like, who we were two months ago are not who we are today. So I'm like, two days ago, you know? So I'm just like, in an in ever-changing flow of trying to figure yourself out, you got to now realize that you're trying to figure someone else out too. And trying to figure out how do you fall into the space of not, uh, of not going down the same road, like not having them go down the same road that you went down. And yeah, I'm just figuring out, like uh, my daughter's mother, she's just like, She's like, why does she talk to you? Why do you know? Why do you know these things? And I'm just like, uh, because I've just created. This, I, I've tried to create a space where my kids can tell me anything. I don't want them. No, I'm not your friend. I'm your parent, but I don't want you living in the space that I lived in. That was a space that I lived in. That I was just like, like I have a great aunt, my 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 grandfather's sister. So in my household, it was me, my grandfather my grandmother, my grandfather's sister, and my grandmother's sister. My grandparents have taken care of his sister and my grandmother's sister since they were like, I think my grand, I think my aunt, my father's, I'm sorry, my grandfather's sister started living with um, my grandparents when she was like 12 or whatever, because my great grandmother passed away from cancer. And she was living with my other great aunt, my grandfather's other sister, and she had just got married. And my grandparents had just got married. And they, she was like, I don't want no kid or whatever. Like, you don't have to take her. So I'm just like, my grandparents have been parents at a very early age when I really think about it. So I'm just like, I'm just trying to make sure that I take away everything possibly good that I've seen from that and do what I can do with it. And hopefully, you know, like, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a hard situation because, like, even with my daughter, like, sometimes when I have to tell her no or whatever. Now, my sons make it a running joke. You, you tell us no so easily. But you never tell Aaliyah no. Like, you just, you just don't. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just something about daughters. It's like. I got you. It's just like, oh, come on. Not with that face. Not with, not, not with those, those eyes and that voice. It's, it's just hard or whatever, 
And it's like, I know she's been through a lot. Like she's, she's, she's voiced to me that she's, you know, the things that she's been through or whatever. And then sometimes I feel like the worst person in the world because I'm just like, what could I have done to have, you know, what, what better parent could I have been to keep you away from that or, or help you move along through that process or whatever. And, you know, even with my boys or whatever, like my 12 year old, like he's extremely, oh man, this dude has like the worst temper in the world, which is, which I'm just gonna blame on his mama because I'm very like chill, chill or whatever. And she's very chill too, so let me not say that, but I'm like, she, it's both of us. I, let me not, let me not, do, let me not be that person. <laughs> like I am that person who, I'm that person like it takes so much and it's the same with him. So I, let me be honest about it. Cause it takes so much for me to like really, really be upset. Like for me to like really get, like there are things that just upset me or whatever, like anybody else. But I'm like, you're gonna have to do a whole lot for me to like get out of character or um, anything that would make me feel like I would lose any of my integrity as a person. Mm. Like I tried just not to. There are things that you know that you need to be mad about or whatever. But just in the in in even with with them, it's like things that I'm upset about. I try to make sure I calm myself down and really hear them out before I need them to understand. Like for my like, here's the thing, and this is why I say it's so different about parenting child to child. If I tell my daughter right now. I am disappointed in you. I might as well have shot her. Like she, like she's just like, oh my God, like what? Like she's distraught by it. I tell my son I'm disappointed in you. He's like, okay. Mm. Like, all right, I know you're upset with me. I'll figure it out. Like it's not, like the emotional level of it is two different things. I know he's, I know he's upset that I'm upset with him or that he's disappointed that I'm upset with him, whatever, but it just looks different. So it's just, you know, managing all these personalities and your own, which is a, a crazy situation because managing yourself is a full-time job. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think I, I talk to a lot of the people I know who have kids, man, and one of the, uh, one of the things, and, and just about me even, is like being as a, as a person that, that has an own, that has my own idea of who I am. Mm -hmm. It's we're, we're we're embarking on these journeys, mm -hmm. to be something that we currently are not. Mm -hmm. So it's like mm. you have a kid, mm -hmm. and you have to instill in this kid. Discipline, mm -hmm. responsibility. You have to instill in them these things to internalize. Mm -hmm. You might not even have them yourself. That's what I was about to say. These so, are things that you still try to learn how to exhibit. Even though the job requires, it's like on the job training, mm -hmm. but you at least look, you know what the objective is. And sometimes one of the questions I ask a lot is, what do you want for your kids? And do you have that? And if you, and if you ask the question, and when you answer it, what do you want for your kids? And you don't 
have it for yourself. Mm -hmm. The objective should be to acquire, to acquire it, it or to demonstrate mm -hmm. it in some capacity or another. Mm -hmm. To and implement it some way. And that's how we get better, better. Mm -hmm. in addition to being the example. It's, it, it, and it's something that I use like even in my relationship. It's like you have to be the thing that you that, want. That you want. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so even though you acquire these pieces as you move through life and get, and get older, you're acquiring them as like a goal to attain in a way. And that's the hard part I feel because it's like, okay, I've got to demonstrate responsive. I want my kid to be responsible. So that means I got to be responsible. Shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me just go Get ahead. you away from that practice, what you preach. You, you, you get it right, get it right. Get you right there. Get it right. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and this is one of the things I talk to my homeboys about, I, a lot of dudes I talk to will say that they want their kids to be more open, that they want their kids to share, that they want their kids to be in a position to regulate emotions and those kinds of things. And then I'll ask them, how do you do with it? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, man, I suck. I suck at it. And I'm like, well, the odds of them doing anything <laughs> yeah. different. And that's what we need to understand because your children are just a reflection of who you are. They I mean, are. Me and Leonard was just having a conversation in the Uber. That's, I'm just keep, keep referencing Mr. Leonard. But like, that's the conversation that we were having. Like, it's just a mirror reflection of you. Like, they're going to figure themselves out later on. But I'm like, they're literally beholden to like what you do mm. and how you act. It's like, oh, how you gonna tell me don't do this, but you do that? Or whatever, like that's how they're looking at it. And, they, and like, nobody else will question who you are like a child will. Yeah. Like they're going to, first of all, they don't have a filter. They don't even know what a filter is. So whatever questions they have, whatever they see, whatever, like a lot of times we're just like, oh, oh, that little mother effer's bad. Like, no, they're just inquisitive and they just wanna know what's going on. Yeah. And they know. And they calling you out on they your call shit. You, you know, this is exactly what I was about to say. Like they know. Come on, bro. Come on, sis. Like that ain't that ain't who you are. Like because they see you in a space that nobody else sees you in. Mm -hmm. Like your mother could be going through something, and she'll tell you, "No, baby, I'm alright." But you know, like you know, you ain't good. Like something ain't going on. Something ain't right. Because I know when you good. It's like people to try to act like they not have. It's like, come on, bro. Come on. Stop wiping your face. You, you, you toe up right now. Like, it's, it's, it's just the space that we live in. So it's just like I'm consistently trying to figure out how to be better with that. Are you going to therapy? Or have you gone? I've been once or twice or whatever. It's something that I need to, 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 to dive back into, like, very much so or whatever. Do you have apprehension? So, no. So not, let me just say this. It's, it's crazy. And this is I went to therapy recently and I don't know like I was talking to my friends and I'm just like I don't know if I should feel this way about this or not I don't know if I should feel all right let me explain I went to therapy and I'm, the story the story that I just told you or whatever about how I'm dealing with this trauma or whatever and the trauma that I've been through I don't know if I I don't maybe I just didn't look at it the right way and that's what I'm thinking at this point that's not what I was thinking at the time in which happened I'm talking to the therapist and this chick is crying I'm talking about like Crying, crying. I'm like, how you going out with me? Like, this is how I, this is how I took it. And, and like now, as I talk to you and as I've talked to other people, I'm like, yo, this, this is probably way heavier than I ever assumed it to be. Because I'm like, 
I don't know if I'm thinking about it every day. I know it still exists in my mind. I know these things still exist. I know there are things that I still deal with or whatever. But as empathetic as I am, I didn't have any empathy because I was just like, you're supposed to be helping me. Like, how are you going to be? But then when I was talking to my homegirl or whatever, and it's crazy because I really thought about, like, the people that exist in my life and the similarities. I don't know if it's because of the time that we came, in, came up in or what, but I'm like, the similarities that we have on so many levels, just like you were saying, so many people were raised by their grandparents. I have so many, so many friends who've either had parents that either had alcohol or drug abuse or whatever, that have died violently or whatever. And I mean, I guess it was just the time in which we came up. But just having these conversations is like one of my, my female best friend or whatever, like lover to life, amazing, amazing person or whatever. But I'm like, our struggles have been so similar. And I'm like, when we talk or whatever, like, cause you know, like you have friends that you just cool with and y'all shoot the shit and y'all kick it. But I'm like, I tell people all the time, like my best friend Paul or whatever, like we have serious conversations. We, we, you know, like we really have deep seated conversations or whatever. But I'm like, me and Leon's relationship is the way that it is because I'm just like, I know, I know when I talk to Leon, like regardless of what I'm saying, it's not going to be a bad situation. Like he's like, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, I'm right. It's not going to be. And I'm like, those are the people that you need around you to like kick you, mm-hmm. not not down, but up, and be like, you know, get your shit together. Or, you know, get get get, you know, figure it out or whatever. Because, you know, you got to be accountable. What do you think the purpose of therapy is? And that's probably why I'm saying it probably didn't work for me. Because I, I probably was looking at it in the wrong, out the wrong lenses. Not, I don't um, think there's, I mean. I mean, I think it's different for everybody, but. Um, what, what were you going the, for? Because here's the thing. And this is basically what I was saying, like when I was speaking in the space of telling uh, people to speak to people a certain type of manner or whatever with a certain amount of respect and a certain amount of love or whatever, whatever, whatever works for you. Um, uh, I wanted to go because I started having panic attacks again. Okay. Like maybe like two years ago or whatever. And I was just like, you know, trying to figure out my life or whatever. And I really think about, when I really thought about what it was, is like, it's when I turned 40. And I was just like, so maybe three years ago. Um, and I was just like, as I go through these, I guess in my mind, I'm not really thinking about it, but I'm just like, I guess my body or my thoughts or whatever, like this is where we are and what are we doing and how are we becoming better or whatever. Are you doing everything you can do? So it's like, I kind of just like freak myself out. So I was just like, okay. Unfortunately, once you get older, or once you just get into a certain space of maturity, or just understanding of yourself, you're just like, okay, why does this, why does this work this way? Or why does this not work? Whether it be a relationship, um, well, I, everything's a relationship, but depending on where it, sits, where it sits in your life, you're just trying to figure out, okay. Like, I know the biggest reason for me not getting to where I need to be is me. 
Like it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's my fear of whatever. Like, and I was having a conversation with my uh, best friend and I was telling him, I'm like, yo, it took a very long time for me to understand that like relationship wise, um, if it fails, it's just not me. Like we live in a space that like no, nobody likes to fail, but I take failure so personally. Like, I mean, I don't think nobody does it, but from the perspective that I have not tried because of my fear of failing. So it's like now I'm like, okay, I need to figure this out because it's in my way. It's, it's, it's the brick wall in front of me and I got to figure out how to chip away at this motherfucker one way or another because it is killing me. Like if I don't figure it out, my relationship with my kids don't get better. I don't, I'm not going to be in a successful career or a relationship or whatever if I don't get this out of the way. Because I'm like, everything that's important to me is on the other side of that wall. Mm. If, I don't, if I don't either learn how to climb over this motherfucker or, or figure it out, like, what am, I, what am I existing for? And I'm not saying I want to leave. I'm not saying. I want to be here. So let me make that very much clear. Understood. Um, but I'm just like, when you ask me in the space of um, how am I as a father and how I'm like, in order for me to be the best that I can be at all of these things, even though I, I can only move and circulate in one part of it at a time, like until I fix that, and maybe therapy's a piece of that, maybe a little bit more reading, maybe a little bit more interacting with just different things. If I don't put something in place, like how am I gonna fix it? So that's like, I didn't think that it was an overall fix for me, but I'm like, at least it gives me a surface level of figuring out what's going on. You know what I'm saying? It might not be, uh, it might not be the medicine for the disease, but I'm like, at least it might be uh, uh, a piece of it. You know, a lot of it, I think, is about acquiring tools, man. Mm -hmm. And the way and the way we are raised and our experiences, human beings are very resilient. Mm -hmm. We know how to survive mm -hmm. and the tools that we develop over life to survive are meant to be used temporarily mm -hmm. in a lot of cases and, and, and sometimes it's because we're pattern mm. repeaters mm -hmm. once we find something that works mm -hmm. We'll continue to Thinking use on. it yeah. even if it wasn't designed mm -hmm. for like long term. It was for a season. Like, yeah, I, I, I got to get out of this hole, but once I get out of this hole, let me go do something else. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a part of one of the things that I think that I did is I started to identify as a reflection of the experiences that I were having. They actually mm. became synonymous. Mm -hmm. It's not just that I had that situation. I had that situation because mm. of me. Right. And mm. 
I couldn't separate the two moving forward. So then it just became the same thing. And um, therapy for me was a process of separating the two mm-hmm. to, uh, to, so that I could look across and, and see them as separate things and recognize that, you know, a lot of what's happening to me is not me. Mm. And once I was able to, to, to separate them and see myself as a singular individual, as a person who's loving, as a person who is deserving of all of the things that I say that I want out of life, and that bad thing, what I call bad or whatever, was separate, mm-hmm. I was able to give myself a break. Mm-hmm. You haven't stated, you've said, you've said a couple of things. One is that you didn't feel you reached your highest potential mm-hmm. um, and that you're holding yourself back and mm-hmm. you're trying to be better. Um, you're doing a lot of things right too mm-hmm. and that has to be a part of the voice yeah. in the analysis mm-hmm. you know and sometimes the deficiency the, the parts where we are um, lacking mm-hmm. seem to can I feel overshadow that and take precedence over all of the things that we're actually doing right and getting right and have figured out. Yeah. It's like the, uh, I look at it like the space of, um, when you read a hundred comments and you see one bad one, it's like <laughs> that one bad one precedes all of the all the good things that you've seen. Yeah. So, can I ask you a question? Sure. Has this been therapy for you? A form of therapy for you? Oh, 100%, bro. It's, um, when I, when I decided, when we decided to put up cameras and talk, mm-hmm. I had no fucking clue mm-hmm. that I was going to, to discover me mm-hmm. and learn about me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so focused on listening now because I, I because it's therapeutic for me to connect with another human being so that I can feel what they're feeling because I do see a beautiful human across from me. I do see a good person. I do see, you know, someone who's resilient, who's 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 doing things right who's trying and all of those and when i connect with those parts of you Mm -hmm. i'm also connecting with those parts of myself Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to connect with those parts of myself when i'm just by myself Mm -hmm. and i didn't know that doing that would, would, would 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 help me reflect me because the voice that's up here can be loud bro it can, be li- it can be li- deafening. deafening. And if you don't, and if you don't have the tools or if you don't have a process or a pattern built into your life that reminds you, you can start feeling like 
I ain't shit and I ain't gonna never be mm-hmm. shit like mm-hmm. quickly. quickly. So it's every every time I do this is it's therapeutic for me. Yeah, and I mean like the beauty of it to me is 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 when I'm you know when I'm when I'm watching when I'm watching these episodes. Let me not say episode. I don't like that word. I don't. I mean it is, but uh, when I'm watching these conversations, because that's that's more of it. What it is to me, it's just a needed conversation or whatever. So with and what I was saying earlier, as into uh, when you made the statement again. Um, that I might give to you today, what you give to me tomorrow. I've also had to realize in a space for myself, because my friends always say this to me and my family always say, they're like, are you giving yourself that? You, you know what I'm saying? You really have to sit in that space and, and think to yourself like, hey, am I like, you know, my friends like, yeah, you go hard. You, you know, you go hard for our friendship. You go hard for this. Are you going that hard for yourself? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and the grace that you give these people, are you giving yourself that grace? You know what I'm saying? Because the path is the same mm-hmm. path. The grace that you extend to somebody else. Now, what's, what's an imp- what, what, what has helped me is to discern between... Mm-hmm. I love that word. The, 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 the intention. Because mm-hmm. sometimes what's grace is, 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 is manipulation yes. masked. Yeah. So I'm not extending you real grace. I'm actually, mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to get something from you mm-hmm. and I'm using this as a mechanism. Mm-hmm. That will also be reflected back to you mm-hmm. too. Who yeah. gives a fuck what you call it? It's the intention, it's the intention. That, that, that is being reflected back. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you are genuinely extending grace, if you're genuinely extending like love and these things that um, folks are seeing because they're seeing it in you too, mm-hmm. when, they, when they look at you, right. then, then, that, then that path is the same path. But you got to make sure, not got to, but it's helpful. It's the tool that I use. Mm-hmm. And it, because I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have a method to mm-hmm. see me in the beauty in the world. Right. I didn't have a, a way of seeing it in. And and now, and I, and I say that kind of stuff a lot, man, because it is something that has helped with like these forms of like depression and anxiety. I don't. I don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I'm still scared as a motherfucker, mm-hmm. bro. I'm still insecure. Yeah. And I'm I mean, still you see doubtful. It. Yeah, you see it every day. I'm talking about outside of yourself. Yeah. All this, all this stuff that's going on, like, you're just like, they're like, oh, this person's bad, this person's this, this person's that. Like, what are they dealing with? What are they dealing with? Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take away whatever it is that they're doing. Because it's wrong at the end of the day. And at some point in time, you know when you're doing wrong. But do you know how to stop doing wrong is a question. Do you know how to move into a space of good or whatever? Like, you know, I was having a conversation today, Saturday. I was having a conversation Thursday. I was at a bar eating some food. And um, these two guys were sitting to the left of me. And um, we were talking about, um, I don't know if you heard it, like, the, po- the Metro Transit shot this, 
this kid, this guy mm-hmm. at uh, Anacostia Station Thursday, and they were saying that they were they were circulating bus drivers, the two guys that were sitting beside me, and they was like, is their coworker who this guy was on the bus with or whatever, who the guy that got shot was on the bus. So they asked him to get off the bus because he had a gun or whatever. So I guess when transit police, you know, apparently from what I was told, they asked him numerous times to put the gun down and he wouldn't. So they shot him. I don't think he died, but um, I don't believe that he died. But I'm just like, when he, when they were saying, oh, that motherfucker crazy, that motherfucker whatever. And I'm just like, what was he going through? Yeah. I'm not trying to take away from what he was doing or the lack that he was doing something incorrect. What what was this person going through? Because I'm just like, I don't like uh was this said on your show? Did you I'm trying to remember where I heard this. I'm trying to remember where I heard this uh phrase. I'm trying to remember if it was on here. But the phrase was is that uh that suicide is inward homicide. And mm, that sounds familiar, yeah. Suicide is inward homicide. And homicide is outward suicide. So it's like these these young boys is killing each other or really just killing a reflection of themselves. Yeah. Or the demons that they're dealing with. So it's like I'm so I'm so mad at myself. I'm so scared was going on the world. But I'm scared to hurt myself, so I'm gonna hurt you. Or I'm doing something to myself because I'm scared that I'm gonna hurt you. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, so I'm just like, it's it's a it's just like how do we get to a place of figuring out? So I just, you know, I just felt like maybe that's what I needed therapy for. You know, just you know, just 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 a small piece to just figure out an ever expanding thing that's going on. Is there any uh, help you need with that? Yeah, I'm just trying to find a good space to go to or find somebody that I'm comfortable with. And, um, you know, just, just just being honest with myself. Like, you know, it's crazy that, you know, there's uh, a, a song that Eric Robinson has where he says, uh, where he says, I can't talk to you about you. And I'm like, that could either go one or two, either that could be me saying that to you, or that can be me saying that to me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's real. Like, you know, uh, my, my biggest relationship was myself. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I had these children, or mom, I have family, friends, or whatever, but I'm like, the the relationship that I need to work on the most to be influential and to be positive in these other relationships is the relationship I had with myself, so. And we don't hear, we, you know, in increasing the awareness of, of, of watching men acknowledge certain parts about you know, that kind of stuff, man. It gives other people permission, man. It's huge. Mm-hmm. We hear all the time about how important representation is. Mm-hmm. 
We talk all the time about, oh, I didn't know I could do it until I saw a black girl become, you know, I saw a black man or da 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 da. Mm -hmm. We understand the value mm -hmm. of examples. Mm -hmm. And we need the example of strong black men mm -hmm. talking about unapologetically about this yeah and that it, and that it not be like a sign of weakness of weakness mm -hmm. at all i mean i i i you do are one mm -hmm. probably four or five people who've sent me a dm about their parent committing suicide mm -hmm. i would have never known yeah. about from these people mm -hmm. One found mm -hmm. their 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 father, mm -hmm. and you see them out, and you see them moving, and you talk about like how all of this stuff happens, and just because you have a couple kids, and just because you get a certain age, you're supposed to have all of this shit figured out and and ready made and looking good and popping, and and that ain't that ain't motherfuckers is mm -hmm. struggling. That's precisely the mm -hmm. reason why some of the parents may have even chosen to take make the decision that mm -hmm. they made because they felt that there that there was wasn't a lot of you know support, support. and shit mm -hmm. like that so and 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 from the perspective of you don't want to be a burden to anybody you feel like these people these conversations that i've had with people who have been suicidal and it's just like i don't i don't want to be bothersome anymore. i can't figure out what i need to do and I'm pretty sure that's what my father, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm just, I'm pretty sure that my father was like, I have this drug problem and no matter what it is that I do, I, I can't seem to get over it. Uh, I didn't stole from my mama and them, my, my ex-wife, uh, you know what I'm saying? Nieces, nephews, family members, like, I don't want to be a burden no more. So guess what? If I'm not here, you ain't got to worry about me no more. And I'm like, that's, uh, is, is very, it's a very hard place to look at because you just like, damn, I, I hope they wasn't thinking that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You wish that they wasn't thinking that or whatever. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you're in your mind trying to figure out, like, what could I have said? What could I have done or whatever? Blah, 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 whatever. But I'm just like, you know, like, that's, that's why they always say, check on your strongest friends. But you know when you saying? don't see people acknowledging, and, mm -hmm. and that's the, and that was one of the things I was trying, I think I was trying to okay. get to before. I don't have it figured out. No. None of us do. Despite how it appears, mm -hmm. just to, to, to let somebody know, I think about all of the wild shit that a motherfucker could do mm -hmm. to make the pain go away. Mm -hmm. But it's that, temporary. That's a part of the solution. Everything's on the table depending yeah. on how long the problem is a problem, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's just, mm -hmm. what do you do at, at certain points? But acknowledging that that is a part of the life and then still choosing life makes somebody else, makes other people who feel like choosing life mm -hmm. is the only option, at least when you can look across and say, oh, somebody is choosing life and still feeling like not, as an example. Mm. And... Oh, okay. So you can still 
you can still be frustrated. You can still have shit not figured all the way out. You can still be insecure. You can still have these dark moments and do all of that kind of stuff. And then you can, you can still fail often. You could, mm-hmm. st- you could do all of that and still choose life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can. My grandfather, he'd be like, man, the minute that you tell me you figure it out, it's over. It's over. It's over. You know, he's, he'll be 89 this year. And he's, you know what I'm saying? He's just like, man, you know, he's just like, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. I'm like, dang, at 88 years old, you, I'm, he's like, when, when do you stop figuring it out? When you close your eyes for the last time? That's when there's no more figuring it out. Dude, if you look at our, if you look at the logo, there's a space that is at the bottom of that logo mm-hmm. that is intended, that mm-hmm. was intentional. Okay. And it is there to represent that it's never complete, bro. Mm-hmm. You never have it figured out. Mm-hmm. As close as you think you get, as close as that line is to that bottom tuning fork thing, mm-hmm. to make it complete, to live means to constantly mm-hmm. have that space. So, which means that there's doubt, there's unknown, there's, there's this sense of lacking that we have to contend with as being human that's just a part of the human experience that doesn't go away until you out of here. And I wanted to remind myself. Honestly, it still lives. Because it lives with whatever's behind. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Marvin's one of your favorites. He's been gone. Whatever, Whatever he put on that wax or whatever he put on that that tape, it still lives and it still li- it still lives. And he helps you, and he helps me. And you think about all the tra- you think about all the traumas that he had. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you're just like, oh, this is one of my favorite artists of all time or whatever. And I'm like, that music is what that music is because of his traumas, because of his demons, because of the things that he's been through, because of not having Merge, it figured out, divorce, mm-hmm. children, society. So who's not going through it? And there's beauty, and and and, and so a point comes, mm-hmm. a point comes that you start to see beauty in it, mm-hmm. and that is where I'm at in my life. Is I'm actually starting to see beauty. To use my homegirl's friend, to use my homegirl saying, "There's beauty in the mud." And the very thing that I was running away from, the very thing that I was avoiding, is actually the most beautiful fucking parts of who I am as a man. And the most and 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 the things that I tap into to be the most contributory to my to my circle of people. And without that, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't be the 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 mechanism that I am. Without the pain. Mm-hmm. That Marvin suffered, he wouldn't have them songs. Mm-hmm. So you find a way to 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 restructure like the mm-hmm. perspective of it, which will which 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 lessens the the stress and the criticism and like the negativity that 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 we direct towards looking at those moments in our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, to see it as more like love. Like like genuine love, bro. Um, that you couldn't, that I couldn't see 
I couldn't I couldn't see before. Mm. But um it's there. Mm-hmm. It's all around you. 